Hey everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing. The podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. Yeah! Yeah! Oh! <laughs> oh! Baby! We're back! Yeah, we're we're back. back. That was that was a really that was a really good yelp. Oh my god. That we're really back. I'm excited. I have a feeling, Lucas. I have a feeling this will be our first episode in uh, several renditions where we don't have internet issues. <laughs> I'm so excited about not that. Knocking on wood, Lucas, but uh, I tell you, man, I don't know if the people caught on last episode in our last ending is possible, but hot dog, that recording took about three hours. <laughs> <laughs> I think about three hours plus or minus with how, how ridiculously hard that was to get recorded because my internet is kind of, it's not great at my current living space, unfortunately, so... It's okay, man. I mean, for those of you that need to be clued in, Matt did switch tonight from Wi-Fi to good old classic wired Ethernet. Ethernet. He yeah. sent me a video. Uh, that wire was going through like a <laughs> I lot know. of your it's house. Yeah. To, to give context, like, I mean, I, I would always choose Ethernet when I can, but just with the way with where our internet, like whatever outlet is, um, I... It, I have to literally like from my room to the Ethernet cables, literally like going across my house, across my living room. So it's very, very inconvenient. But thankfully, I have a very long Ethernet cable. So I can just when we, we have a night like this, I can pretty easily just plug it in real quick and then have it in there for the night. for the couple. Hours it's only whatever, it's only but. temporary. The, the roommates can deal for a sec. You know, it's just just Ethernet yeah. cord. I was like, Don't hey, trip. guys, this is important. We got 30,000 people we have to do a podcast for. I know. You know and we, we got we got to talk about one of the most <laughs> impressive iconic classic video game gems of all time i know if, if not i have elon in my dms asking hey where's where's the newest <laughs> episode i have joe knocking on my door joe rogan and yeah. daddy biden is like hey, hey jamie tweet, jamie pull up the video me. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we we got a lot of people that are listening to us and uh we don't we don't want to let them down with bad internet we gotta get a jamie we need a jamie or we could just act like we have one i like that yeah yeah Hey, Jamie, where do we get a Jamie? Pull that up. Ah, uh, no. yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Jamie. Yeah, you're good now, man. Thanks, hey, thanks, man. All right. Cool. Um, man, how was your week, Matt? It was long, Lucas. I'll be honest. It, um, it's Sunday night. I had a nice weekend, but Monday through Friday was long. I am pretty sure I tore a muscle in my shoulder. Dealing with that. Dealing with that. So other than that, it's good. Johnson & Johnson vaccine got approved. That's me. did. Hopefully, I'm hoping my um my asthmatic ass qualifies for a vaccine soon. <laughs> I'm not sure how what the details on that will be in California exactly yet, but we'll see. But yeah, it's exciting stuff. COVID's going down. Stocks are going up. Actually, that's a lie. <laughs> that's a lie. No, no. <laughs> that's a GME's lie. up. Yeah. GME's up again this week because uh, for some reason, it just in like the last two hours, I think on Wednesday or Thursday, for whatever reason, it felt like pumping up 100%. That was awesome. Because, and then yeah. it went up like another 100% after hours. I think it almost hit the 200 threshold after hours and then leveled out the next day at around like 100, I think, or 130 or something like that. But My my dad is uh, frequently browses Wall Street bets, which is getting really funny because he's seeing oh, the does same he memes now? as me. <laughs> he was like, he's like, yeah, man, I was on the Wall Street bets and I saw a meme and it was it was that guy from Always Sunny, you know, Charlie. And he's got a map behind him with strings. Yeah, he looks yeah, like yeah, a crazy yeah, yeah. person. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, and it said me explaining to my wife how we're gonna make it all back on GME. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm I'm glad that my dad's like 
digesting, understanding like what that meme is, what it means and why it's funny. <laughs> it's just, it's so relevant, you know? Yeah. I it's don't know. Um, I don't, I don't know if I could get my dad on Reddit, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. He's retired now. He has some free time. So maybe I'll, maybe. the next time I visit him, I'll download the, the app on his phone set up a <laughs> my, account. My dad's literally like, man, that, you know, those guys on there, they're, they're everyone's YOLOing. They're always YOLOing <laughs> on stuff. And I'm like, hell yeah, they are. God, pretty, the FOMO is so real. Like, I, I've been spending too much time on that subreddit because, like, the second GameStop started going up, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta do it. I gotta, <laughs> I, gotta I gotta fucking buy. I'm gonna miss out. And thank God I withheld myself because if I bought when I almost did, I would have lost a, a lot of money. Even so. more. You know, it's, it's, there's always gonna be I'm another gonna... wave is what it is. It's like, you yeah. just have to always, yeah. You know, Warren Buffett says the stock market is a mechanism for transferring money from the impatient to the patient. Oh. Daddy Buffett said that. I love that. That's he right. also yeah. said when people start getting greedy, that's when it gets dangerous. I think he said I, that. I think they kind of, those two things kind of mean the same thing, right? In a way? Nah. Nah, right. nah. <laughs> I don't know, but hey, stock markets aside, I know that's our favorite video game lately, but this is a video game podcast, right? Yep. Which is why, Lucas, today we are talking about the number one 90s rollerblade simulator. <gasps> Drum roll. Jet Set Radio. Jet Set Radio, released in the year 2000, June 29th, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the Sega Dreamcast. This is our very first Dreamcast video game. I'm actually really stoked on it because I grew up with that system. Pretty sick system. Forgotten pretty much all the time. Sega's very last console for those of you. Sega did make consoles. Sega is a Wait, video I thought game it, company. The Genesis came before the Dreamcast? Uh, I think it was... Oh yeah, I mean, I think it was Genesis. You could, we might have to just look it up right now. But I mean, it was like technically the sixth generation. I think it was like Sega Master System. One other thing, Sega Saturn. No, Genesis oh, yeah. Saturn. Genesis and was, then Genesis came out like eighty-eight, nineteen eighty-eight in Japan. I'm dumb. Never mind. Okay, so Dreamcast it's Master System. Came out ninety-eight, ten years yeah. later. Yeah, Gen- Genesis. It must be like Master System, Genesis, Saturn, Dreamcast, or something like that. Yeah, that um, great. and then Sega Game Gear. The, the Game Boy competitor that people always forget about, too. Super, super sick. Um, anyway, uh, I'm glad that we played our first Dreamcast game. This game came out in 2000. It sort of has a reputation out there. Um, it's become a controversial video game as the aging process has hit this game, um, which we're going to talk about a lot on this podcast. I, I could see Matt kind of Wanted to jump on and pounce on the <laughs> on the shit talk already. But before we do that, okay, I just want to make sure everyone's clear on what's going on with this video game. Uh, we're going to do a quick plot summary. But before we do that, I want to remind everybody that if you uh, if you like this game, 
If you don't like this game, if you want to leave us a comment or shoot us an email, you can do so by emailing thanksforplayingpod at gmail.com. Matt, where can they find us on social media? Oh, Lucas, uh, they can find us at TFP Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. That's TFP Podcasts with an S at the end. And um, we haven't been active on TikTok. I'll admit that. (laughs) (laughs) But we're there. We got two solid clips on there. Lucas and I both look very handsome in in those videos. That's right. Um, if you want to find us on TikTok, that will be uh, thanks for playing pod on TikTok. So uh, come hang out and hey, maybe you're feeling generous. You know, it's been a, it's been a hard year for everyone. Maybe you want to hardly past year rather. Maybe you want to leave a review. I, I don't know. What do you think about that, Lucas? You like that? I like reviews. I like reviews. Your review reviews are in in 2021. Um, leave a review on um. On iTunes, you know, give us that that five star rating. Help us get into the algorithm. It helps helps us, helps you. We all win. Yeah, I don't know how awesome. it helps you exactly, but <laughs> it'll help them some one <laughs> way or another to help them. We're all yeah. growing together. We're building up the Thanks for Playing podcast community, which you humble listener, you are a part of. Mm-hmm. Thank you very one much, unit. guys. Thank you very much. All right, so jumping into the uh, plot synopsis for Jet Set Radio, released in 2000 for the Dreamcast. I'm going to give it to you straight, guys. DJ Professor K broadcasts Jet Set Radio, a pirate radio station for youth in Tokyoto. No, not Tokyo. Tokyoto, which is a city that is exactly like Tokyo, but it's but it's not. <laughs> That's how the game explains it. Um, skating, spraying graffiti, and listening to Jet Set Radio is what all the cool kids in Tokyoto are doing. Uh, one gang, the GGs, competes in a turf war in three distinct sections of the city: Koganecho, Shibuya Cho, and the other one, the other Cho that I'm forgetting. Benton. Benton. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Fighting three rival street gangs and eventually taking over their turf, the GGs discover that there is a mysterious organization behind the turf war. At the center, a mysterious vinyl record. The story is narrated by DJ Professor K as the GGs go through their turf war and you play level by level. Eventually, you are joined by two characters, Combo and Cube, who explain that their hometown, Grind City, which is clearly supposed to be New York City, um, is being overtaken by the Rokuku business conglomerate. They ask the GGs to help them to free their friend Coin, who has been captured by the Rokuku group. What does this have to do with inline skating and graffiti? We don't know yet. <laughs> we don't know. Uh, the Rokuku <laughs> pursues the GGs to steal the vinyl record, which they do. Poison Jam, one of the rival games gangs, explains that the Rokuku CEO. Joji Rokuku plans to use that record, which is called the Devil's Contract, to make a contract with a demon to take over the world. Yes, we've gone from turf wars in Tokyo Toe with graffiti to summoning the devil himself. Uh, <laughs> so the GGs go to the rooftop and face off against Goji Rokuku, spray paint his back, and then he falls off the skyscraper. <laughs> thereby restoring <laughs> peace to Tokyoto and the world. That was a kind of weird plot synopsis, but it is but where's quite the lie? a weird... There's no lie <laughs> in there. It's a ridiculously yeah. weird uh, plot in the first place. It was kind of hard to make sense of it. Anyway, um, that's what we got. Matt, initial thoughts on Jet Set Radio. <laughs> Cup. Um, 
the all right. But before before I dig into this game, <laughs> I want to preface. I wanted to like this game. I really did. I I Matt Rockaby went into this game with Lucas. Lucas even told me, bro, I think this game is going to be your vibe. I think you're going to like it. I looked up a little bit of the game before just like to see the general game. I'm like, oh, this looks cool. I wanted to like this game the same way I wanted. I really wanted to like Super Metroid. I did. I did. I didn't choose to have a bad time it's playing gonna, that. It's going to be another one of those episodes. I wanted to ladies like the game. and gentlemen. <laughs> um, this game's crazy, bro. Um, it's it's just in, insane. I, I have no other way to, to describe it. I mean, we can get more into the like I guess game design stuff later, but just the game's insane. Everyone's dancing. There's a crazy, weird, ugly cop that says every five minutes. Damn! <laughs> I, love, I love every time love you get a little out of sight, um, and you're getting shot at, tear gas. You have helicopters firing uh, rockets at you um, for just rollerblading and doing some little graffiti. Something that would go unnoticed today, really, in everyday life. Actually, not, not they would not, not send in the choppers. They wouldn't send graffiti. in the choppers. My point, but <laughs> or assassin um, number five, or number six, or number two. Um, just how what a. What a what a silly silly crazy game. Um, but for where we'll get into more with my opinions and shortcomings, there's more to games than just the game design itself, right? Um, I think this game has a really cool vibe. I think yeah. the music's pretty good for the most part. There's one or two tracks that don't hit for me, but I think it's really good music. Has a lot of uh, original soundtracks and licensed soundtracks in it, and the whole the whole vibe of the game screams '90s, which is um. Mm-hmm. Very, which is the era, clear. which is the era it came from, yeah. As well, just yeah. there it came from. Came out, um, well, it came yeah. out in two thousand. Two thousand, you know, like, the odds the, didn't really exist culturally. We were still in the nineties, yeah, yeah, culturally. Yeah. yeah, we hadn't we had it cemented um, Britney Spears yet into our culture <laughs> at that point. That <laughs> <laughs> was still being developed. Um, but yeah, man, what a what a ridiculous game, um, and what an interesting concept. I mean. I remember when I was playing this. I'm texting you. I'm like, why? Why are these shooting me, bro? Like, <laughs> why, I just why does I it matter? I couldn't piece it together. I'm like, why are they shooting me? Why? Why is graffiti helping save the world? Like nothing. Nothing makes sense. But I don't think it's supposed to. And um, it's not. Uh, how, I don't know. How about you, Lucas? Because Lucas, I mean, this is my very first time playing this game. But I know you have more of a more of a history with this game. I know you played this back when you were like five years old when you're very young. Um, I know you replaced when you were 20 or when you were 16, kind of the opposite of me, like how I was with Kingdom Hearts. You know, I played Kingdom Hearts pretty consistently over the years growing up. Um, but you know, that was like, this was your first time really playing it when we did our episode on that. And then now this is my first time playing Jet Set Radio. So what's your like general impressions of it? And I guess, what do you think of when you pick it up every time? So I did play this game for the first time when I was five years old, when it came out, we had a Dreamcast. I had a couple older brothers and this was like the cool game that had come out during that time. Um, it, uh, you can read about its reputation online. There's plenty of YouTube videos out there kind of talking about the history of this game. It, it's status as a gem from that era. And of course it kind of coming out for the Dreamcast, um, which, you know, anything coming out on the Dreamcast is usually... I mean, can be very great and also forgotten very easily, which is an interesting topic we have to cover at a later time. Um, but I did get to play this game um, in a playthrough when I was in high school, actually on the Dreamcast. I actually did get myself one from the pawn shop in the town that I lived in, oh. <laughs> found Jet Set Radio on eBay, uh, played it, 
and I thought it was great when I was 16. I thought it was great when I was five years old. Um, and uh, I played it now at 26 and I liked it again. Uh, I will preface, you know, there's there is a fine line between like nostalgia and thinking a game is great. Um, I do, of course, have nostalgia for this game that I can't let go of. So as a video game reviewer slash journalist slash theorist, I have to say that the nostalgia does play a very large role in the game. Um, but, you know, it's the the game. Uh, I think we're going to talk. I I, I want to get to gameplay mechanics at, at a certain point here and talk about movement and talk about the actual, you know, way that you play the game. Um, which, you know, of course, has its flaws and has its controversy. But I want to touch on some of the positives as well. Um, you know, leaning heavily into the art style, the sound design, the vibe of the game, like the design of things like the menus, the cover, the way literally every single character is dancing every single moment <laughs> of this game. Uh, like when you're graffitiing on the surviving. wall, yeah. you're dancing. <laughs> Like when you're cha like when you're in the character select screen, everybody's just dancing. Like when you meet a new like person that wants to join your gang, they're dancing. Like it's just the, the final boss is dancing in his booth while he's playing the record on a rooftop. He's just everyone's just gro grooving, bro. And I just I love it. Uh, this was also uh, the first game that was cell shaded in art style. Um, I mean, it feels like you're in a cartoon. It doesn't feel like it's trying to be realistic. You're, you know, obviously going through these crazy grinds and jumping all over the place and they're sending out jetpacks and helicopters to go kill you. It's just not trying to be realistic at all. Um, like like half the defense budget is targeted at you. Yeah, you know, yeah exactly. That's what it feels it, like. It doesn't explain anything like you graffiti like the the final boss and he just dies. Like it doesn't. That's it. it, it just, yeah. He just dies. Like, it's so it's I, I, I love like games or things that, you know, are not trying at all to be rooted in any sort of realism and they don't apologize for it. You know, it's a short game. It's about four or five hour game, so you can kind of knock it out relatively quick. It's only 11 levels, really, and you do play through a lot of the same levels, um, which I do want to get into. That's always a big criticism of it. But man, I mean, I think there's more that's good about this game than bad. Dumb. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I kind of I kind of just want to get into it. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, there's not. Yeah, I mean. We could we talk we could talk about when it clicked. Yeah, um, yeah. We, we could talk about stuff like that. We could. Yeah. And I, I'm <laughs> I'm just gonna say like it didn't really click for me personally. Okay. Um. Tell me about that. I mean, I guess. Man, I'm trying to I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> no, be brutal, man. Let's hear it. Let's hear the honesty. I never found this game fun. Okay. Okay. Shit. I understood the game mechanics pretty early. Relatively, you know, within 30 minutes to an hour, I really understood the game mechanics. Um, I will say one thing I never did understand. I never really realized. Maybe I missed it, but I never realized you could like spray paint the helicopters. That would have been cool to realize, but because uh, I just was like standing there getting like riddled with missiles while I'm trying to finish the graffiti. <laughs> um, but that, but yeah, it just it doesn't it doesn't click for me at all. I don't think it's that fun of a game. I. I don't. I think the the gameplay loop, and we get this more, is exhausting and just gratuitous. Um, 
gratuitous might be the wrong word there. It's just rep- repetitive. That's what I'm looking for. And it just, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me. Um, and it, it never clicks. Oh my God. Um, I, I, there was no point where I'm like, I'm having fun. The, the majority of the game was me thinking how much farther do I, what do I else, how, how much longer do I have to beat this? That's mainly what I was thinking the whole time I was playing. See, I don't like, there's no, cause I'm I've not, played, not to shit, like, not to go ahead. I'm not to, okay, actually, no, I want to go. Not, not to, not to <laughs> shit on the, uh, not to shit on your argument or whatever, whatever you're arguing here. But like, what, what do you mean you didn't have fun? Like that. I just be, think there's so many games that like are like skate games that are better. Like any Tony Hawk game or like skate, you know, on the Xbox or whatever, like th- with this game, like it, the 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 speed like is never there i feel like the momentum in the game is bad like literally the momentum as your character not like momentum and storytelling or anything is um it just doesn't work for me and like yeah i don't know I, I feel like if i put like a lot of time into the game and i got really used to it like longer than the game requires to beat it like maybe on my third playthrough i'd be fucking sick of the game and i'd be able to play it the way that maybe the developers intended you to play it because then at that point I'd be comfortable with like okay doing all the basic mechanics, knowing what I need to do to build up speed, going into certain you know rails and jumps like that and things. But it just it doesn't. I don't know. I just it, you know what and you know what the, you know what else, Lucas? Go <laughs> keep going. This just might not be a Mac game. I, I but okay yes I get that like there could be I mean there's we're always going to disagree on on certain games but like just the the very abstract it wasn't fun is so weird because I thought it was fun even now, like even knowing that it's a little janky and sometimes the movement's like kind of weird and like, I mean, I yeah, appreciate some shut- of it. Like I think the vibe of the game is sick. Like yeah, the but DJ the, guy is fun as hell. It's not like it's hard to meet. It's not like it's like, like frustratingly difficult to move around. Like I never got that. It's, it's like, you just, you just jump, you just jump and grind on stuff. There's like nothing. There's only like basically four buttons you push when you're no, doing shit. But like the, the movement's bad. Like, like I felt like the controller was like, it just felt unresponsive at times. Like you'd be like say in the sewers or something. And then you mean to jump, like go up a, um, the half pipe, then you randomly land. And you're going to bring up no the reason. fucking, I knew you're going to bring up the half pipe, um, dude. And there's situations like that and throughout the game in general where like you'll land on something or you'll jump and like just, you'll randomly like stop or turn around. Um, the, the, there's th- basically only two types of missions really the, you know, general graffiti ones and like the tagging ones. Um, I tagging ones. I'm like, why is this there? Um, I, I like the premise of it, but I just, I didn't think it was good. I thought it made no sense how like they could just run through me and then set me back. I don't know. I just have there, nothing nice there, to say. Okay. <laughs> okay. The, the tagging mission, I think, is a totally unfair critique flat out. Like, okay. Like, so I, I get it. Like, you're you're running around a level. You're graffitiing. You do that like nine times. Uh, I could see why some people might find that a little bit boring. But like, you're running, jumping, wall riding. Like, I mean... It's a fun, satisfying gameplay loop. Like you get to know these levels over time. You understand how they connect to each other. They get bigger as you move forward. And I, think I, gets- I did like that, how it gets bigger. Like I didn't really realize how everything, I guess, connected. Right. You know, I didn't really that realize. Was cool. like, oh, this connected to the sewers. I, I appreciated that. Yeah. Um, that wasn't enough to save the okay. travesty. But, of and then like the, else. and then like the, oh my God. And then like the tagging missions where like you're playing against the enemies and like just jumping around, chasing them, tagging. It's just like. Like, I I understand, like, it's frustrating because I, 
I saw the YouTube video where the guy was critiquing how they hit you. It wasn't I, I we got to give that guy some credit for the YouTube video, but um, maybe we'll put it in the episode description. For Ray, this one. Ray Sivik, R-A-Y Sivik, C-E-V-I-C-K. Really good YouTube video that really describes, really sums up my thoughts perfectly on the game, yeah, actually. And, and, and there's a whole uh, spiel on Jet Set Radio Future for those of you that obviously, I think Jet, Jet Set Radio, Radio Future, Future bigger, looks sick. It I think it has like a bigger audience game. too. Yeah, it looks cool. It looks cool. It's also, it looks a gen, it's also a generation later, three years later when we were leaping forward on every, it's so unfair to compare those games. Like, Yeah, but I think the things that make that game different, like at least I, granted I haven't played Jet Set Radio Future. I can't give a fair I, ha- I have played that game. From what I could tell, like it wasn't like, it, it was mainly gameplay stuff in that game that they improved on, like basic game design. Not, from, from what I could tell, it wouldn't have really been anything that would have held the, this version of the game back from doing what made Jet Set Radio Future better. Like the simple things like movement was better is your quicker to pick up speed, your, um, you know, your, your, the, the graffiti doesn't take as long, things like that. And I mean, like, why does it take so long to pick up speed on in this game? You know, why, why is that like, it's clearly already not a realistic game. So why is it, why is that where we decide to be realistic? That's hard to pick up speed on rollerblades. I mean, it depends on like what level you're on, what you're like, where you're at. I mean, if you're on top of Big Hill in like Shibuya Cho, like you pick up speed instantaneously. Like, yeah, that's like the one spot. I mean, there's also like the dumpster level where like you are the um, freaking uh, dump level in Benton where like you're you can wall ride basically around the entire thing. There's a level in Grind City where you're basically in Times Square going up and down grind rails like literally like from the tops of buildings and grinding downward into like jumping across the whole map. I don't even I don't get where you get this it's hard to pick up speed or the momentum doesn't work or any of that. You just you run you you dash up to a rail, you jump on it, the rail usually goes down, like downhill, you pick up speed, you jump. It's like you wall ride, you jump. It, it's not, you could pick up speed by just jumping up to a wall and skating up to it and then wall riding it and then jumping. But and it doesn't feel speed. good. It doesn't feel satisfying. How does it not? How, I don't see that's, that's like the very esoteric, like, at, like very, the argument that can't really be argued against. Cause it's like, it just doesn't feel good. Isn't, it's not, it's not an argument. I could say it's that a, about anything. This is a, it's not a Mac game. How's it not a Mac game? It's like ridiculously like it's it's like very Japanese. It's very weird. It's like no, I will say that that is it's, one thing I did like. I could, uh, it's like it is very like, Japanese, and I could I could um, yeah do it in my vast. You um, basically knew everything that knowledge. all the NPCs. I knew were everything saying. that NPCs were saying. <laughs> like you would you would hear I could hear like whenever you're skating through a crowd, you hit a scream. Abadai, which just means like that's dangerous. Um, to be clear, that's my that's like, the extent of match Japanese. That's the extent of my anime Japanese knowledge and like Yamate. Yeah, um, like it's like the you know all the the art for the game, like from the cover art and like the the, the menus and all. It's like kind of anime esque. It's like no, madcap. Yeah, it's weird. All the character uh, the, designs are insanely I, I, awesome. I like everything about this game, other than the gameplay. I think the sit design sick. I like the character designs. Um, there are a couple of songs that get kind of repetitive for me, but overall, I like the soundtrack. Um, I like the 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 characters are silly. The ending is like actually pretty funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually okay. really like the ending and the how they kind of wrapped everything up. Um, yeah, and, and you know what? You're right. There is no way to argue against my argument because it's a personal argument. 
Um, but I'm evaluating this game on my personal experience, as I've mentioned in other podcasts. I am not gonna I'm not gonna be a sheep just because um, everyone else likes it. This um, game, I, I'm just gonna I just for the audience, I'm gonna pull up the uh, I'm just gonna name a couple of reviews. Uh, of people that gave it a good score. Just Bearing so we can in mind, this is when the game came out in 2000 that these were reviewed. It's, this is, that's fine. Not uh, playing you can't, 21 years later. You can't, and you know review, what, Lucas, like, you can't you review, okay, if you're looking at reviews of something, uh, okay, I'm at, yeah, so Context we, we is can't so weird. Pay, get, tell the reviews, tell the people the reviews. No, no, okay, fine. All right, so we got, uh, okay, cri- Wikipedia, critical reception section of Jet Set Radio Wikipedia. Jet Set Radio received acclaim for its gameplay, visual style, and music. Gamers Republic called it flawless. IGN praised the extra gameplay modes, saying they added replay value. Official Dreamcast Magazine found the exaggerated physics and interactivity of levels immersive. DK, DC UK described the gameplay. <laughs> I think a lot of these are like completely out of print, which is pretty hilarious. <laughs> it's a, described as a gameplay, a combination of Crazy Taxi and Tony Hawk. Okay, great, great description of Jet Set Radio, by the way. Now, okay, these are all coming from the time. Eurogamer, 9 out of 10. Famatsu, 32 out of 40. I don't know why it's out of 40. GameFan, 97 out of 10, or out of 100. GameSpot, 9 out of 10. IGN, 9.6 out of 10. Official Game Informer gave it a 6.5. That's the only bad review on here. Game Informer is just chumps, even back then. Here's the thing, like... These are the reviews from the time because, like, it's just I, I I can't tell you what the reviews of Cyberpunk are going to be in twenty years. Saying that, oh, these these are good reviews from twenty years ago, that doesn't diminish the review at all. And like some of the some of the notes that they say here, it's like they're valid, they're good. I mean, IGN talks about extra gameplay modes. Did you even play the extra gameplay gameplay modes? It's talking here about it's talking here about replay value, something that people cared about back then. And now it's something we don't even talk about. What I guess what I'm saying is just because these reviews are old, it doesn't invalidate the reviews of a video game. I think context is important though, and I think if you put this against a game today when uh, under that uh, logic, every game is bad in the future. Under that logic, that we can we can basically take that to the nth degree and say that about almost anything. Cyberpunk is trash 50 years from now, probably. I don't think this game, I, I I don't think it holds up as well as everyone thinks it does personally. Um, granted, I'm I've been <laughs> oh we're getting fired up. This is like <laughs> go ahead, no go ahead. Um, I mean I I don't I don't think it's fair to say that to not take it out of. God, I'm trying. I'm sorry. I'm trying to think out of phrases. I think a good game today will. Mm. No, I know. I already know. I already know what you're gonna say. Go ahead, say it. I mean, look at a game like Kingdom Hearts, right? That's uniformly agreed upon as being a really good game. But like, you won't get that with Jet Set Radio. You'll hear unpositive un- comments from people today. Um, and I, I think that actually, no, I don't have an argument here. I'm not um, I don't like the game. <laughs> <laughs> that's your argument that's your argument um but i i don't think if a, i love kingdom hearts that game came out in 2002 two years after this i'll listen more to a review of kingdom hearts today than a game when kingdom hearts came out and i'd listen to more to a review that came out of jet set radio today than a 
then a game that came out, then a review that came out of Jet Set Radio in 2000 or 2001, 2002 even. Because I think context is so important. Um, you know, but context this game, here, context this game was here. probably fucking revolutionary at the time it came out, like with the open, kind of the free world to the open world style of it. I have no doubt that this was revolutionary and, you know, like next generation high tech when it came out. Um, but playing it today, I just, it doesn't work for me. But context personally. being like other games have come out where you can move better. That's such like a weird, this is so specific of a game. It's like, they don't even make games of this genre anymore. Like who builds platforming like skate games where you like rebel against police? Like that's not even a game. That's not even a game. What what context is it that like makes this game worse over time? That's what's that's what confuses me. I just don't think it moves well. And like just seeing Jet Set Radio, knowing how much better that looks and like feeling like they could have probably fixed all those issues. Excuse me, seeing Jet Set Radio Future and seeing how much better that looks and knowing that they probably could have fixed those issues in that game if they just would have like looked into it more. It was just important to but it. That's hey, a, you know what, Lucas? But hey, that's, hey, a hey, hey, that's a hey, sequel. Hey, that's, 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 a, that's literally... <laughs> that's a sequel. I'm going like... to concede here. This is an individual argument and I won't push this on anyone else. I think everyone should play this game with themselves and decide what they think. I'm just saying, I did not like this game. <laughs> I did not think this game was fun. I thought the movement in the game was really bad. At best, at best, it's like you're, and this is a quote from the video by Ray Sivik, at best, it's like you're influencing a wrecking ball. It feels unresponsive. The tricks, not rewarding. Clunky. Repetitive missions. Boring gameplay loop. Tagging missions. Bad. Graffiti's dumb. No point in running from the police and they're chasing you. No incentive because you can get the graffiti done anyways. The tagging flow is bad. You're you're on a you're going on a wall. You're going through uh, alleyway, whatever, and you're doing all these cool, quick tags. And all of a sudden, you have to stop and go through these random. Not random. It's actually it's the same ones every time, depending <laughs> on the size. But you have to go through these motions for um, graffiti. And then by the t- while you're going through the motions, whatever assholes catch up to, up to you know Assassin Six. Um, <laughs> but as I've said, Lucas, gameplay is not king. <sighs> I'm. The game thrives and it's so angry at that video. Okay. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm moving on. Yeah. Gameplay. Um, Art. art, And I I think it's, I think it's cool. But I don't know. Do you have anything else you'd like to add to the (laughs) game design? It's, it's just, it's so, to me, it's, it's so unfair to like one say that like the gameplay is outdated, outdated in reference to what? Like Cyberpunk 2077 that came out like. I mean, I've you know, it's like, like what? I've played like the skate games. You've and, played like, Tony I just Hawk remember those and you feel. I just remember those feeling way better than like. But this isn't even a game that's like skate or Tony Hawk. Like those games are way trying to be more grounded in realism, even more so. Well, and again, this is why I'm being honest. Like I don't have any validity. I feel like when we had Metroid, I actually feel like I could point to like very good reasons in my argument. I actually do think that like you may have not agreed with my my points in Super Metroid, but I think there was actually like some validity like. To my, okay, like there yeah. was there were there were points that like you could get behind not just me saying it's based off feel i'm being honest i just don't think this game felt good yeah but that could also mean like i could counter argue and just say that like you just never got good enough at the mechanics of the game for it to feel good because okay like, maybe it's not a mac game and see that comes into the art maybe the game wasn't accessible enough to someone that's bad at video games i'm pretty bad at video games guys um <laughs> you know I mean, let's let's talk about that right um you know and um <laughs> Should I have to get really good at the 
mechanics to have fun in it or should they ha- should it be more accessible to layman's people you know like uh, that's an, that's a that's a whole con- no, whole other conversation right um okay that actually is a great we should put a pin in that and, and talk about that on an anything's possible episode so i do i do like that but i don't have an answer for you there like should this game i'm, be I'm being honest that's why yeah. i'm trying to be a little more calm than i was super metric because i acknowledge that this is a very individual person's opinion but i know i'm right Okay. Okay. God. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to drop it on the gameplay issue. Cause we're clearly not going anywhere on that. It's just, it didn't do it for we're you. Didn't, I, guess didn't feel good. I know we really are, but let's move on to art style, sound design, NPC award and, and, and finish it up with the companion piece pick before we, before we keep talking in circles. And I just want to end up punching you. <laughs> Talk to me about art style, man. What'd you think? I mean, yeah, man, the, the, the art style is sick. It's, um, the first cell shaded game. I don't even know what that means, but it's cool, I guess. <laughs> you don't know what cell shaded uh, means? Not really. Cell shaded is like. I bet you know. What? I bet there's a few that doesn't, Luke, Lucas. Way to make them feel silly. I, it's, I mean, uh, how about you tell us what cell shaded is? Cell shaded is an art <laughs> style that's kind of gone out of style, but um, it's non photorealistic rendering um, in 3D, basically. So there was a ton of games in like the you know late 90s and um, well, I guess at, starting after this, so after 2000 was when. It kind of kicked off. Zelda Wind Waker is cel shaded. Beautiful Joe is cel shaded. Killer Seven was cel shaded. Oh, um, okay, Okami yeah. cel shaded. Um, Mad World, Breath of the Wild um, could even be considered cel shaded. Um, there's a lot. Everybody here has definitely played or or knows cel shaded games. It's just that's the uh, the name, you know. Dumb, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I like the art style. Uh, it looks good. Um, I, I I bet I mean I honestly I still think the game looks pretty good like by today's standards to be honest, and I bet by like you know two thousand standards this game looked phenomenal right yeah so I, I have nothing yeah, I mean I don't know any semantics about it but it's just it's good art yeah yeah I think I think what's cool is like I mean it does really feel like you're playing through a very personality driven cartoon like every character has like a lot of energy to them even the villains like every single character that you can play as has like a vibe about them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a uh, making of Jet Set Radio documentary included on the HD edition remaster of the game on Steam. Watched a little bit of that. And they show a lot of really, really great concept art for the game that I think people should check out. Um, if you're into the game and you're into the art style, um, you know, it's very based on the general vibe of Jet Set Radio is really based on like uh, the youth pop culture in Japan at the time. Mm-hmm. The creators of the game were actually talking about how they were such big fans of like the pop culture in Japan, um, the young people culture in Japan at the time. Everything was so energetic and vibrant and fun. Like this was the arcade era. Like kids were like sitting in arcades playing video games, playing Dance Dance Revolution, jumping on those rhythm games, like skating around, graffiti stuff, DJ culture, like rock music culture was abound. People were b-boying in the street. Like Japan, Tokyo back then must have been like a really happening scene if you were a young person. Um, the creators of the game wanted to take all that and turn that, turn that vibe, turn that that feeling, and put it into a video game. Um, of course, they settled on graffiti, inline skates, um, you know, the cell shading style, and they created a whole lot of really awesome concept art for the game. Um, everything about like the, I, like I said, like the graphic design of the menus and the and the game the game cover itself. I mean, I know for those of you that are listening, you can't really see it, but I mean, look at this freaking, I do have the actual jewel case for 
the game for Dreamcast Sick. in front of me. Um, so I have literally the game manual in front of me. I'm holding it up right now for Matt to see. I mean, this fucking design is amazing. It's like, it's so cool. It's just you don't get that anymore these days, right? Instead, yeah. you just get like, if you buy a new game. I mean, first off, if you buy a new game instead of just downloading it, let's start there, right? <laughs> so if you, yeah. if you buy, if you go to a brick and mortar store, you know, you go to your your target or your your GameStop, yeah. um, and you buy it, you know, you, if, if you do that today, you don't even get a game and you'll get, you get a free month of Xbox Live, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean... Cover art is a lost yeah. art for sure, and uh, this is one of the good ones. Not even even beyond the era that it's from, it's just it's just really cool stuff. And you know, I think it really feeds into the vibe of the game, how it makes you feel when you boot it up and and playing through it. Um, I think it's I think the art style is like some of the coolest that we've really really seen in this podcast. It's so unique. Um, obviously, very heavily inspired by like graffiti and street art. Um, and street art isn't, I think as big as it once was for sure. You know, a lot of it's become a little more commercialized over the years. And this, this game is like just a, a kind of a litmus test, more like a, I mean, I guess it's like a barometer for what the time was, you know, a record of the influences of what existed. And, um, I really appreciate the game for that in like its music and art choice. It is an indication of like, this feels like how this feels cool it feels like i'm back in time and like when street art was just badass and rebellious and like kids just like danced and <laughs> i don't know if it's cool this is That's all like, <laughs> yeah i know it, it, i'm totally like romanticizing an era that probably wasn't even as, <laughs> as realistic at all it's like man people were just in garages just people, dancing <laughs> they, they, they didn't stop bro they just kept moving <laughs> Moving in rollerblading. God, this game is so sick in the '90s when like people were just finding ancient like fucked up records and summoning demons. Man, stuff was so cool back then. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, and uh, what I really do love too about like the art styles and the soundtracks is like Japan is like a country that will, is in the stereotype like the old value of the collectivist over the individual so it's really cool to see them pay such homage the developers and stuff to a game that's like so focused on the focused on kind of the individual um identity revolution stuff that was happening and like how it really pays homage to just kind of the uniqueness that was going on like all this pop culture stuff i think it's really neat yeah it's good stuff it's super super good stuff all right um, moving on to sound design, let's just touch on that real quick. I know we've we've kind of more or less touched on this one throughout the episode already, but um, I'll just kick it off. I mean, it's a kick-ass soundtrack for sure. Like the music is really cool. It's not the kind of music you ever really even hear in video games, even now. You know, like some. I mean, most of the music in the game is made for the game, which I think is great. It means that the developers at Sega understood what they wanted to go for, understood what they were creating you know um kind of a, a lot of original DJ. music yeah. yeah a lot of original music a lot of scratching like a lot of dj stuff records and samples and all that good stuff it's it's really fun and um you know yeah there might be a track or two that don't do it for me either that are like less dj less hip-hoppy um I don't want to. I don't know the names of them specifically, but I think anyone that's played the game might might know <laughs> what I'm talking about. Um, and like every like most Japanese games, one thing I really love in in the um, like sound design, and I think I talked about this on uh, on Kingdom Hearts. At least I really hope that I did. Is like overlapping and excessive voice lines across everything. Like as your characters like grinding or jumping, it's like yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh, 
right? Like, <laughs> like Kingdom Hearts does that a lot, where like you just hear like Sora, like Donald, oh, Goofy, and, and they're just and they're just yelling stuff all the time. And like, I don't know, game games just Japanese games like just do that, you know? Like you find that in like Japanese fighting games all the time, especially where just like there's just so much yelling. <laughs> just constantly yeah. like a barrage yeah. of voice lines like they never realized that too many voice lines was a mistake they just said like nah dude every time you push a button they say the voice line yeah and there were like <laughs> a couple times too where like um the, like the scenes in the game would change right like they'd be going out like um the the dj would be having a scene and having like a, a monologue about something and like immediately it cuts to something else so you can tell it's like not really cut well together i guess um, yeah, that might have been the HD remaster though, because I don't remember that ever happening in the original okay. game. Yeah, but you do like, it happening this time. Yeah, like the paneling are, are those where like they would show comic book panels to like explain yeah, some of exactly. the story, and yeah. like the subtitles were off on the audio and all that. That may have been a, a product of the HD remaster um, port. It could be, be just a product of like um, not naturalization. That's not the word when you when you dub something. Um, yeah it, yeah it could have been it could be um, just them trying to like fit everything in and like um the, the word you were looking for was translation no 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 there's another word for dubbing i'm pretty sure maybe it is translation if you know what the word for it is email, <laughs> email us, us. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for playing pod at gmail.com we'd love to yeah. hear from you uh that is our second plug of this episode for the email um matt what do you think of sound design it, it's it's one of my high points for the game too and um I, I was reading like the wikipedia and they're talking about how the 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 soundtrack uh the person that composed most of it he Deki naganuma their whole goal was to match the visual style right which i love because that means like they established the visual and the aesthetic of the game and then they built the soundtrack off of it which is the right choice for sure and these there's, there's this person that was like oh, i'm just gonna mess around with everything everything till it basically becomes nonsensical and that's the music style the decided on nice and it makes sense because like this game is nonsensical right um <laughs> exactly it, nothing that makes sense is happening i mean i said it in the beginning but you're a short guy you're a guy or a girl and you're just rollerblading around you know what is well it's, i guess it's technically not japan but to, to tokyo too whatever you want to call it uh, whatever hybrid Japan it is, and you're getting shot at for roller skating. It's like some crazy fascist government. But we, we're not going to talk about it. It's just like, um, yeah, it's just it's it's crazy. It's fast. Not every track did it for me. There was some that I got kind of tired of. Maybe some that I also got unfairly tired of just because I kept dying because I was bad at the game. But <laughs> oh, so uh, you, yeah, okay. soundtrack is you, sick. You admit you're bad at game. Okay, I've, I've cool. definitely yeah, already we'll admitted that. Podcast. <laughs> okay, cool. So uh, NPC award. Moving on to that. Uh, who you got, man? I got the corporal president. <clears throat> oh, me too. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Toji Rokuku. Yeah, the, vain, the yeah, main Rokuku. villain. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if we actually have explained this yet, but spoilers for the ending, really quick here. But the the ending of the game, like the whole the whole plot. Excuse me. The whole plot of the game is the Rokuku president is trying to find this devil this like infamous indie record they really it's literally like an indie record it's described as that yeah i like can summon the devil when it's played and at the end of it the head d what's the dj's guy name again uh dj professor k dj professor k is like turns out it was just a just a hoax it's just, old, just an old <laughs> record just uh it's just a meme bro <laughs> and i just love that because i just imagine like I, I, I imagine that happening today where some like corpo is like some like corporate like business guys like scrolling Reddit 
like trying to find out like, what the young kids are into, right? And he comes across like this meme page, and he sees like, oh, I mean, there, there's a record that can, oh my, oh my. Sharon, <laughs> like, you know, we gotta find that. We gotta, we gotta conquer the world. And I just, I just imagine that being what happened here. Um, something like that, and it's just, just funny as hell. I, yeah, I go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, and uh, and uh, I did enjoy like I really enjoyed the like aesthetic of the final mission, the gameplay. If there was any gameplay I liked, it was the final mission just because it was so ridiculous. <laughs> and it's like five uh, minutes long. It's, it's like so five minutes long, and it's just so ridiculous and. Yeah, it's just fun. I love you just so the the final mission, which is uh, the corporate president, Rokuku, like at, to- at the top of a skyscraper in Tokyo, playing a record that's supposed to be summoning a demon. But like he's in a booth and the, <laughs> the record is like spinning on the roof. And, and there's a huge like, record. There's, yeah, it's like there's go go dancers in cages and see through like glass cages floating around with golden rhinos ha- masks on their head. But like nothing else on except for like a bikini underneath. And you jump to four different pillars across the skyscraper and graffiti the ground and somehow like destroy the whole building just with graffiti while a giant golden rhino like blow up doll is shooting fire at you. And then like you eventually (laughs) like you eventually bust open like the the booth, like the soundproof booth that that the president's in. You graffiti his back and then it just cuts to a shot of him falling off the roof. And he's like, <laughs> that's what does it. <laughs> and, like, and then like the narrator, like DJ Professor K just describes what happened and how like it was just a hoax and the world's been saved. And that's, just and that's that their man. thing. Yeah. yeah. He's my NPC like award for on. sure. It's just like, it's too funny when he just falls off the skyscraper. It, it gets me every time for sure. <laughs> All right. Companion piece pick. So for those of you who have just started listening, Companion Piece Pick is the special part where we pick a non-video game companion piece, something that we feel goes along with the general vibe, themes, or aesthetic of the video game that we're talking about. Um, So the Companion Piece Pick um, is a way for us to uh, express ourselves a little bit, talk about things Mm -hmm. not video game related. Matthew, give me your Companion Piece Pick. So Lucas, when I was playing this game, I really thought, you know, how, what am I, what can I possibly compare this game to? <laughs> right? Uh, I couldn't think of anything. And I remember the initial conversation we had when you presented this game to me to play. You're telling me how about it is kind of like a home, which did that, like that little time period and kind of cultural evolution in Japan and how it was like a timestamp for it, kind of. Because, um, you know, everyone in the 90s just danced like that. Um, <laughs> everyone. Everyone. Uh, so I was thinking, like, well, what else is kind of like a 90s timestamp? And, um, I landed on the wonderful movie came out 2000 or 1999, 2000. I don't know. Uh, American pie. <laughs> You're going with American pie. I'm going right. with American pie. All right. Um, I think American pie really sums up like the, for one, like the soundtrack. I mean, it came, the movie, this movie came out in 1999. Like, let's just talk about the soundtrack for a minute. It's like all these, like, like, you know, this, like, like the rock, like just kind of like the punk, like music that just like really defined that era, I think. And it's like totally like a coming of age movie where like everything about it just screams like late nineties, early two thousands. And like every, every like trope you think of like movies in that era, like coming of age movies is just like exactly what is, um, is what you'll find in the movie, like blink One Eighty Two playing randomly at like the party scenes, things like that. Um, and it's just, it's very, um, 
it's like an artifact of the time. Man, youth and, culture has really shifted so much. Oh my God, I'm thinking about like what a party was like. It was like a keg with some post-punk like Blink-182 or some 41 playing in the background while like everyone's just wearing plaid shirts and like big jeans. Like, <laughs> that was like what And like DC did. sneakers. Yeah, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, dude, it's so different now. Now we just don't party at all. Yeah, now we... um have weekly board game nights <laughs> online yeah wow yeah good good companion piece pick anything else Thank to say you. on it yeah just the 90s gem like all this right game. cool uh, my companion piece pick uh, is a little closer i think to the subject matter um it's actually a documentary from 2010 called exit through the gift shop by banksy um it's oh. a little controversial for some um it's confusing maybe a little off-putting by, by others, pretty compelling in my opinion. Um, it is a super cool documentary. If you're into street art, you're into the scene a little bit. I know I used to be quite into it. Um, watch the documentary, it's very interesting. Kind of goes into some of the early people that that really brought it forward. I think they interview, um, I don't know if they interview Eric Hayes who actually did the um, artwork for Jet Set Radio, but I think they interview, um, well, they Mr. Brain, Mr. Brainwash, they talked to, I think, Shepard Ferry, who is Obey, um, who a lot of people don't don't know. Started off kind of, you know, early 2000s, 90s era, probably even a little older. I'm kind of, I'm going to go back, Matt, like a minute. <laughs> you good? Yeah, my my thing came disconnected. Okay, okay. I'm going to go back a minute real quick because I, okay. I fucked up my train of thought. All right, so I'm I'll sorry. go. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I toned down my Japan comment to the right amount. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's like I just really love the way All Might like just is <laughs> is is Japan kind of yeah. like. <laughs> All right, and let's go ahead and clap. Three, two, one. All right, that was good. Yeah, that was good. Uh, my companion piece pick is going to be a 2010 street art documentary, "Exit Through the Gift Shop" by Banksy. Um, a little controversial for some, uh, confusing, off-putting, and uh, kind of like deceiving, I guess, for lack of a better word, for certain people. Um, it's a really great street art documentary if you're into the scene. I know at one point I was a little more into it and you know paid attention to certain artists. And of course, Banksy's so well-known worldwide. He's definitely a generation after the people that would have inspired a lot of Jet Set Radio stuff. Um, but you know, a lot of people know the name. Uh, check out the documentary if if you're looking for a cool documentary to watch about some interesting subject matter. Um, it's cool. Like the first thing you see when you boot up Jet Set Radio is a disclaimer about vandalism and graffiti. Right. Yeah. And it says, yeah. and it says the first sentence is graffiti is art. However, graffiti is an act of vandalism. <laughs> it yeah, just yeah, kind of goes yeah. into like this whole thing about hey, don't don't vandalize kids. Um, this is back when everybody was so afraid of video games in the 90s. Like, you, if you played a video game, you were going down the wrong path, young man. And you were going to... <laughs> you're watching those kids graffitiing in that or video woman. game. Or you're young gonna, woman. Oh, yeah, young young woman. You will... If you watch that or play that video game of the kids rolling around on rollerblades from the police and graffitiing on walls, you will do it. We know you will. So we got to put <laughs> in that disclaimer in there. Uh, it's pretty indicative of the... Uh, the, the 90s as really well is, in that yeah. regard. Um, but I yeah. wonder if they have a similar disclaimer in a Jet Set Radio Future. Oh, I bet they do. It's so close. They're so close together. Jet Set Radio Future came out in like 2003. So probably. 
All uh, right, 2002. Yeah, yeah, pretty quickly afterwards. So uh, let's move on to uh, just final conclusive thoughts and then the rating, Matt. What do you say? Yeah, daddy. All right. Uh, final conclusive thoughts. Fun game. It's a hangout game. It's a vibe game. Uh, I think it's on par uh, with any game where you skate around and grind on stuff. It's just as good as any Tony Hawk. Um, obviously not to the realism of skate, so it's hard to really compare those two. But any game where you're just jumping around, grinding, jumping, comboing, it's just as good mechanically as any of those other ones, in my opinion. Um, the vibe, the distinguishing art style, the music all culminates and comes together into a gem indicative of its time. I think it's a solid game. What say you, Matthew, on your final conclusive thoughts? <laughs> Um, I, I, I said some not nice things today. Um, no, I mean, I'm already looking at this game kind of like how I looked at Killer7. I definitely liked Killer7 more than I liked this game. Um, I didn't love Killer7. I thought it was like, okay, but it was enjo more enjoyable than this. But like, I, I'm really happy this game exists. Okay. You know? I'll take like, it. I'm really like I re I look back really fondly on Killer Seven. Like whenever I think back, I like told like little quirks and things like the fucking like, the, these boomers don't know right from wrong. Like, like, little <laughs> things like that are like Travis just like being rambling on like like we still say that game is, we still say the quotes from Killer Seven yeah, to each like, other. Yeah, and like just card like that game I I honestly consider a masterpiece just because there's not many things that, like games that I will, like consistently think about like on at least like maybe like once a week i'll have like a random like moment from a pop in my head or like uh i'll do like a callback with lucas be like my master you know like, yeah, yeah. like that my master and i don't think i'll have it to that extent with this game other than like maybe making fun of the ending because like there's just as many little like nuanced things or nuances in it or like quotes like that um but i think it's a very unique game um i didn't enjoy it personally that much but i think it's a very unique game i think it's really cool and I think it's good for the gaming culture and cultural in general that it exists. Okay, awesome. Well said, Matthew. Thank you. Now is the time where we give our ratings. Each of us is going to give our rating out of 10. We will add up those scores and score it out of 20. It becomes the penultimate score for any video game that's ever existed. It's the Lucas Matt. Thanks for playing out of 20 score. Me and Matt have not told each other what our scores are going to be for this video game. We're going to hear them for the first time along with you. Matt, On after one, say your scores, okay? All right. Three, two, one, eight. Six. Oh, you gave it a six. Wow. I was expecting a four. I was actually going to give it a five, but I just changed it last minute <laughs> because this conversation made me realize how much I liked everything but the gameplay. Okay. And I even said in this podcast, I think I said it twice, that a game is more than just its gameplay. So okay, I had to give it a... I wouldn't replay it, but I, I think it's cool it exists. I think it's a good thing it exists. Um, just not for me for whatever reason. Okay, this game just got a 14 out of 20. Uh, Jet Set Radio, 14 out of 20. Thanks for playing. Somebody please update the Wikipedia page as soon as you can. Uh, this, <laughs> this puts this game in the Rock Lee zone, according to our scale here. Um, Rock. The Rock Lee That's zone, the Rock Lee zone being uh, thirteen to fourteen on the Naruto character uh, power <laughs> sheet that we have here, right above the ten ten zone, but below the Hinata zone. We put Hinata above Rock Lee on this list, bro. I, I stand Hinata. <laughs> I'm a I'm a Hinata simp, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so we got ten ten zone, 
Rock Lee Zone, Hinata Zone. This is going upward, okay? Mm -hmm. Then we got the Kakashi Guys Zone. That's like kind of where where Kingdom Hearts sits, just so so mm -hmm. viewers know. And then 19 out of 20, that's going to be the Naruto Sasuke Achievement Award. Uh, and then a perfect score, which is 20 out of 20, me and Matt both giving something a 10. Of course, it's reserved for the Mickey Legrand Coates Award. Shout out, Mickey Legrand Coates. Uh, Beautiful man. Yeah. Uh, so that that game, if you, if you want to hear a game that uh, did receive the Mickey Legrand Coates Award for Excellence in Video Game Design, you can check out our Undertale episode. Very good episode. Yep. Very fun game, too. All right. I think that's all we got today. Matt, where can we find, where can people find us online? As a reminder, everyone, if you um, maybe want to shit on my opinion, maybe make fun of me, um, email us, talk to us, let us know what you think. Uh, thank. What the hell? <laughs> let us know what you think about this game, about our opinions on it. Shoot us an email at thanksforplayingpod at gmail.com. Maybe you have a suggestion. We want to hear it. Um, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at TFP Podcast. That's TFP Podcast, an S at the end. And you can find me, your buddy Matt, on Twitter at TFP. No, what the hell? At um, geez, I'm I'm out of sorts, Lucas. <laughs> you know, at a uh, good ideas. No, good what idea. What is my what's my Twitter handle? Good idea, Matthew. Good idea, Matthew. You can find me on Twitter at Good Idea Matthew. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not even going to advertise my Twitch right now. I don't, I don't have my internet cannot handle it. Right now. <laughs> okay, uh, Lucas, where can we find you? Uh, did you already? I missed it. Did you talk about our email address? Did we did we talk about? I that think so. Thanks for playing Pod at Gmail. Okay. Our several times maybe. Our manager is telling us to plug the email address a lot more, so we got to do yeah. it. Um, you can find me online on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at Good Idea Lucas. I haven't been streaming really, but I might. You know, you might as well follow me now to get the alert. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe. Smash the like button. Hit the bell as well. Whatever you got to do, you know, find us online. It's going to be a good time. Um, guys, okay. definitely subscribe to us uh, wherever you're at. Apple Music, uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this podcast, hit the subscribe button. We'd love to have you back. Um, you know, we're, we're a biweekly show, always talking about video games. We'd love your suggestions uh, of what to play next. We're playing any and all kind single player games. Yeah. And um, general like off week shows, we have um, like culture talks, I guess, you know, it's kind of fun. Check yeah. us out. All right, everyone. I think that's all we got today. This has been Thanks for Playing. Catch you next time. Skip it a bop. Thanks for playing as a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Roll Call Bunch Red Circle. 